Hello and welcome to the first episode of Afghanistan with Rohi Yakubi in 2024. Wishing you all a very happy new year. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Jordan Fleming, who's been an incredible and generous source of encouragement and support to me, to this project, and I am eternally grateful to him. Now, our guest in this episode, I'm delighted to say, is Wendy Chamberlain, MP. She's a senior member of the Liberal Democrat Party in the British Parliament, and she's had, she's been a strong voice for the cause of uh, women and girls who are stuck behind the Taliban dark walls, and she chairs the she co-chairs the uh, the All Party Parliamentary Group for Women and Girls in uh, British Parliament. She's raised the issues facing women and girls in the country, in British Parliament, in various settings, and so. And as you know. And I believe that we, the people who care about Afghanistan, the people who want to see the end of the the Taliban's rule one way or another, uh, the people who wants to see a country where people have their most basic dignities respected, uh, the people who wants to see the people of Afghanistan who've suffered for so long free, we all need allies we need allies in in the west we need allies everywhere and it is incredibly important that we have allies and we build allies a network of allies across public institutions in the west and policy institutions of course organizations and places organizations like places like the british parliament US Congress, you name it, uh, and having groups, having organizations within these institutions who can support the causes of the people of Afghanistan is incredibly important to help change happen inside the country. And I'm really grateful that uh, Wendy Chamberlain MP gave us her time to uh to share he to share her thoughts and views about what she thinks, how she feels, and uh, things that needs to be done going forward. Wendy Chamberlain MP, thank you ever so much for coming on the show, Afghanistan with Roy Yakubi, to talk Afghanistan and the tragedy. That, that country has become. Well, thank you very much for having me, Ro. It's a, a pleasure to be here today. Um, you're also the, the the a member of the APPG for Women and Girls um, in in British Parliament. Um, for our listeners outside the UK who do not know what that means, if you could just give us the details of yeah, what you ab- do, absolutely, absolutely. why you do it. So, so I am co-chair of the All-Party Parliamentary Group for Afghan women and girls. And an all-party parliamentary group is exactly what it says in the tin. It brings together uh, representatives of all political parties within parliament to talk about, discuss, um, uh, and develop 
uh, work in relation to a particular uh, subject interest. Uh, the APPG was created about 18 months ago. Um, it's co-chaired by myself, Caroline Noakes from the Conservative Party and Liz Savile-Roberts from Plaid Cymru. And we very much view ourselves as time bound in that mm. um, we want to see our position as where we um, obviously raise issues directly affecting Afghan women and girls. Most notably, we had um, a, a backbench business debate uh, on that um, several months ago. But as well as that, we actually want to amplify Afghan women and girls' voices so that we're not necessary, so that the right connections are being made between FCDO, between uh, you know other government departments, so that those voices are heard directly rather than through ourselves as interlocutors. So, so that's uh, I see myself as as stepping back from mm. um, that role um, in in due course, but by the same token, absolutely not. Uh, not continuing to, to to advocate, particularly when we are just obviously in such a fragile world at the moment, and so many awful things are happening. Yeah, and, and Afghanistan feels like it has gone down the the, the priority list simply because more, more you know more direct uh, and immediate situations have presented themselves. But I think that makes it even more important um, that uh, we don't forget, particularly when we hear about what is happening in Afghanistan and how the situation for women and girls in particular is 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 just awful. The Taliban, you know that, have been on a full-on assault on women from the day they they captured Kabul. And as as, as a British politician who's, of, whole, of course, had an, an eye on what's going on in Afghanistan, how do you kind of, just going back to August 2021, and, you know, how did you feel as as, as a politician in the UK looking in into a country where Britain invested so much blood and treasure and uh, many brave men and women didn't come home. And of course, thousands and thousands of people in Afghanistan died and soldiers, police, women, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that, you know, how would you characterize, people have said defeat, betrayal. Um, so how would you characterize the way Afghanistan was vacated? Or yeah. abandoned. So, so um, it's first of all probably just useful to just give a little bit of context about my experience as a politician, mm. in that um, I was um, not political um, earlier in my adult life. I was a police officer for twelve years in mm. Scotland, which is actually quite difficult to be political because of um, you know we, we, uh, the, the type of work that policing is, and in fact, the representation of the People Act sort of precludes yeah. police officers from being directly engaged in politics. But I joined the Liberal Democrats in 2015, and then was elected in December 2019. And obviously, then the sort of key focus in those uh, early stages of my time in Parliament was COVID. And actually, going back to thinking about the APPG, that opportunity to bring people or get to know people in different parties was actually really, really impactful impacted negatively by COVID. You know, those conversations that you might be having in person or those relationships, you were, you were sitting, you were sitting on Zoom. In fact, I, you know, I remember saying that, you know, I wasn't necessarily friends with anybody in my own party um, <laughs> after a good period of time because I hadn't had the opportunity to develop those relationships. Putting my Labour Party hat on, you're on the wrong party. <laughs> so when we were in, when we were in, you know, when when the fall of Afghanistan happened, I mean, you know, I'm in 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 my mid to late forties now, and you know, so 
Afghanistan 20 years ago was was something that you know I was a uh, you know very conscious of as as a younger person and part of that narrative around sort of the glo- who who were the, the global uh, defenders or, or or police as as it were um and it did feel like um, and particularly given my politics, and, I, and I assume, I'm assuming yours as well, Ro, that you know all this talk about global Britain um, mm. from from a government and that soft power element that uh, the UK is perceived to have, or, or certainly was, to see that removal and knowing what that removal of um, you know uh, American and, and British troops and others were, was going to bring, um, it was exactly uh, as predicted. In fact, I think it happened that uh, collapse and the Taliban returning came about much, much more uh, quickly than than people had predicted. And, um, you know, as a, a sort of backbench uh, politician, um, you could just, you, you just watched what was happening uh, in horror. Mm. Um, I was fortunate that I didn't have um, any constituents who were directly impacted. But, you know, I had my colleague Manira uh, Wilson in Twickenham. Mm. She was fighting for the best part of two years to have, um, you know, children who were UK citizens, but their mother uh, was not, to get them uh, over to the the, the UK. And, um, you know, the volume that I know that some MPs experience and their caseworkers was just completely overwhelming. And Mm. there was very little that you could do to support and I remember early this year, I visited uh, Glasgow Afghans United and spoke to to, to women there. And um, on the back of that, received emails where and my husband is a is a mad Heart of Midlothian supporter football club. You know, he says on his WhatsApp, uh, club kids, wife in that order of priority. Okay. And, you know, I, got sent, <laughs> I got sent an email where, you know, it was a woman who was messaging for help. Um, obviously had no links to, to Northeast Fife at all, but shared pictures of her husband um, in photographs with Scottish soldiers mm. with a Heart of Midlothian and football club and flag, you know, flag. And yeah. so that just, you know, really directly, you see the relationships that were clearly built up when UK forces uh, were there. And, you know, I absolutely understand why why those left, particularly those who worked with the the, the previous uh, uh, government, um, feel feel. But it was quite not, not not just shambolic, but it was quite disgraceful the way you know it was a failure of politics. I believe then military or po- our political leaders failed spectacularly during yes. that debacle. I think and you I... make assumptions that there are systems in place, and when awful things happen, that system will swing into action. And to see that, frankly, the opposite of that um, was 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 very difficult to, to to watch. And I had Sir Laurie Bristow in in one of the previous episodes, uh, and it's, it's 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 an incredibly insightful one. I I implore our listeners to go and listen to it. And he said Britain had been planning for different scenarios for months in advance, uh, but how did that come to? end up in the way it did but what what is for me what is hard to stomach and how easily it's been forgotten all has been forgotten um and people who were in charge were have been never held to account for the way they abdicated responsibility and those days were incredibly painful for for so I, many I, people i think it feels like there's a real short-termism in uh, thinking now some of that is driven by the nature of our politics and democracy and and um 
uh, and, uh, you know, elections every five years. And, you know, uh, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about electoral reform. For me, the mm. fact that we work in a parliamentary system where first past the post means that, you know, there's a majority party that wins and, you know, we, we end up um, sort of arguing and, and fighting rather than sort of accepting that coalitions, which I think for me are, are more stable ways of working uh, in the longer term and help you focus on that strategic goal. I think that is that is one of the issues that we face. So that short termism and, dare I say it, you know, the complete overtaking of this of the system by both COVID, but also Brexit and preparing for Brexit means mm. that, you know, it might have been on somebody's uh, desk in terms of thinking about those different scenarios, but we didn't properly pre- prepare from a strategic perspective in terms of if a scenario played out, what would that mean, and, and what would the capabilities be required um, to, to 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 you know to provide to provide the support or even just manage the expectations of what might be done. Yeah, and and as the the co chair of the APPG for Women and Girls, um, how difficult is it to to keep afghanistan relevant i mean you know you you just you mentioned that afghanistan has been pushed all the way back yes. to the bottom of priorities when it comes to yeah. uh, foreign policy as well as humanitarian issue um so how, how difficult it is to get to get politicians interested yeah so i mean i think one of the things i would also say is is in terms of my political journey i'm not a foreign policy e- e- expert and i've obviously been in a huge learning journey myself in relation mm. to afghanistan and and i think one of the most important things to remember about afghanistan is there's lots of different uh, cultures communities yeah. within it and they are not all necessarily aligned so you have to ensure that you are trying to to represent mm. all those voices as much as possible. But really, it's about taking every opportunity uh, that that you can, both from a domestic situation. So you mentioned that you've had Johnny Mercer on recently, and um, obviously that what was happening or has happened to uh, those Afghans who were successful in coming to the UK and home rehousing them and and providing them with support again has been a policy area where the government um have 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 for me um failed if we've got still got people in in hotels after two years or or indeed now presenting as homeless to our local authorities that suggests a, a policy failure to me but also from that international perspective so you just try and take any opportunity that you can so mm. for example when andrew mitchell um uh, had a statement a couple of weeks ago in relation to the new international development government strategy uh, white paper um you know i took the opportunity there to talk about uh, afghan afghan women and girls so it's just keeping that in the conscience and i think it's also important for government to know that well actually wendy chamberlain or mm. liz savile roberts will always raise afghan women and girls we need to be therefore think, thinking about that in te- terms of our responses. And, you know, I will say for Andrew Mitchell, clearly on the International Development White Paper, the uh, cross-party consultation on that, all parties acknowledged it, was, was was very good. Now, there's plenty more that I would have wanted to see within it. But, um, you know, I think we are in a better place than potentially we were. And there's absolutely no doubt, you know, I suppose one of my first steps into sort of that this area was mm. when I was international development spokes for the Liberal Democrats when I was first elected. And, you know, for me, the, the loss of DFID is still is is still very difficult. And I think from a humanitarian aid perspective, I think the loss of DFID is another one of those sort of nails in the coffin of of, of global of global Britain and why, you know, 
re-engagement with Global South and, and, and other places is, is, is so important um, as, as we look to an election next year. And the, the, the Taliban's full-on assault on women have been characterised as gender apartheid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, know, and I think I have called I have called it that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, one of your fellow great Scott, as you know, again wearing my party political hat, Gordon Brown, mm-hmm. in one of his interventions recently, said that you know the ICC should intervene. Um, there's a there's a strong case for uh, Taliban leaders who are involved in in in, in persecuting in, uh, women and girls should face. Should should be should be persecuted themselves because of the crimes that they're committing against women and girls in Afghanistan. Well, there's there's always that real irony, isn't it, of you know Taliban leaders whose um daughters are are being educated uh, over overseas, isn't Mm. there? There's it's that there is a sort of rank hypocrisy to a lot of what the Taliban uh, is doing, and then the real concern about the increase in in um, you know madrasas where yeah. You know, I think there is a real genuine concern that uh, Afghanistan will become a place that sort of um, grows the next generation of 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 terrorists because yeah. because um, and what, what know, is your what, line of thinking on on that on the, on that you know the, the repercussions of what the Taliban are doing to women and what should happen in terms of a a legal response to what they do? So, I mean, would you push? As as a grouping in Parliament for you know the Parliament and British Parliament recognizes what's going on in Afghanistan as gender apartheid and also the ICC and other bodies who can pursue the group and hold the account the the the, the group responsible um, for their actions. I mean, is there some sort of push for something? I mean, would you call for that? Um, I think that's something we need we need to discuss as an APPG, and we're and we're coming we're we're coming together soon. I think what has been really important in terms of what we've done in the APPG is hearing from all the different stakeholders and, and voices, and ensuring that we're getting engagement for them through uh, the FCDO as well as you know a number of of, of the the aid organisations as well. And um, it does feel like a deteriorating situation. And I have no doubt that given the, you know, the destabilising impact of, you know, the, the conflict in, in the Middle East, that uh, you know, the Taliban will be taking that opportunity, won't they, while others' eyes are averted. So, you know, things that we've discussed, and, and I know, you know, Zena Zahidi, who has been mm. a huge advocate and supporter, she's not directly involved with APPG, but uh, has certainly been somebody that's that's been part of my education, yeah. you know, thinking about, how do we use other inter- international international uh, partners? Looking at sort of what does sort of a, a global summit uh, look like, and and also just looking at you know what are the, the the sort of wider terms of reference that we would want we would want the government the government to pursue. So um, there's clearly a lot more work to be to be done. Um, and I think we, 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 you know, there's no doubt that the election next year. One of the challenges, obviously, is for an all-party parliamentary group is is yeah you know, to be reformed and and, you, and you're reforming and and potentially reforming with different MPs with them um, with, with 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 different priorities and interests and and you know I think we would both say that we're probably looking at a change of government as well. So a Hopefully. change of approach is is, is, um, is is quite strong. Um, and you know, I know Preet Gill in in Labour, yeah. she was previous International Development uh, uh, Shadow Secretary, had, had had done a lot of work in this space and and brought David Lammy along with that. So you would like to think that you will see a, a, a renewed focus as a result of that. And I mean, is there a kind of a, a network of organisations, and also do do you have a 
a sense of a, a, a sister organizations in 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 other European and Western parliaments, or um, you know, well, I, it's pretty I, much I, the the, the yeah, your I mean, organization. We, have, we probably well. haven't had the opportunity to do that, and I think that's 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 a next a next step in terms of you know. For, for our first focus was about hearing the voices and making some of the connections and getting FCDO engagement. And we've had a degree of success with that. I think those are kind of the, ne the next steps. And that's back to those kind of international uh, partners um, uh, and approaches. Um, I think where we've been so fortunate, the other person I should mention is Neil, Neil Reyna, who acts mm. as our secretariat. Um, with her connections, um, with with her knowledge, um, has has been incredibly powerful for for bringing the the, the right people together and re and really and really sort of drawing attention to the work that as parliamentarians that we've been doing. And um, I'm very clear that I kind of you know I stand on the shoulder of those giants in terms of the, the amplification that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm quite conscious we're we're recording this on on Wednesday. We're almost at twelve. Um, isn't there a PMQ that you'd need to PMQ is coming at 12. And also, I think we're expecting the former Home Secretary to give a resignation statement this afternoon. Oh, really? That's going to be That's some fireworks. That was, that was reported, but I don't I, know if I, it's coming today. Are you going to run to the house now? I'll be I'll be heading heading off uh, uh, short, shortly. Um, it's, um, yes, I, I think when, when I was elected in 2019, if you mm. had said to me at the end of 2023, these are all the things that will have happened, um, both domestically and internationally, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I well, I wouldn't have believed you. But uh, it does feel that we are in um, less what, what do you, stable what do you, times. Would you put your money on that speech being deranged or some sort of, you know, crazy stuff coming out of, um, you know, uh, Swell of Rovman. Um, I think or... it. I think it's. It's just all been quite divisive, mm. and that focus on what brings people together. Um, and that has cascaded. The impact of that has been on the refugees who are evacuated from Afghanistan. I'm just going to bring it back to you yes. know, the implications it's had on on Afghanistan. So I'm not going to. Uh, I'll probably the, the your your colleagues and the chief whip is going to be you know cross with you. Uh, I but, am the chief whip. That helps. Ah, okay. So, I am so, the chief whip. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can break the the rule now. Um, what what is it that makes you worried about Afghanistan? Now it's pretty much seen as a humanitarian issue, yes. but in terms of you know you've got 28 million people going hungry, the geopolitics of the region. And the Taliban. Do you do you do you see the Taliban as a terrorist organization? Well, I, I think they, they they have committed acts of terrorism against the Afghan uh, the Afghan people, and and you know I think you've you've pointed out a, a number of issues because obviously from a humanitarian perspective, the limits they've put on on women working um, with the humanitarian agencies. What do you do there? Do you make a principled stand that you're therefore not going to engage, knowing that that means that twenty you know adds to the to the to the suffering of of 28 mil million people. And it, it's interesting because, um, you, you know, you'll, you'll be aware of Tobias Elwood and, and yes. the former uh, yeah. Defence Select Committee and, and the blowback that he got earlier this year. And, and you know, I had a lot of, you know, the stakeholders from the Afghan women and girls who were absolutely appalled uh, but, but, but by his comments. And some of his argument was, well, you know, there got to come a point where, where you where you work but you you work with them but um i don't think we're anywhere near that point and in fact you know the steps that they are continuing to take are, are just so so awful mm. and so against sort of those international uh, values that uh, that you know that, that there needs to be a degree of, of of consequence for that but 
how do you find the right balance between you know potentially creating such a prior state that uh, mm. that you do you know they, they are then you know um an, an international aggressor aggressor and danger to you know civilian populations in other countries and it's all very grim and uh, just to end it in a more hopeful note what makes you you're in touch with a lot of women from afghanistan hopefully and i assume you know you get contacts from inside what makes you hopeful let's end it in a in a hopeful um so a number of the younger women that are involved and advocating and then when i speak to you know some of the parliament previous parliamentarians like fazia kufi and just her determination and her inner steel and um you know she just um just has she just is quite direct and you know, doesn't stand on ceremony and, and very clear. So th- there's that aspect. And I, I think there's just a bit for me around um, that uh, I'm trying to think how to, to, put, to put it into words and um, what is hopeful. But I think, you know, there is already things happening in ways around. And, you know, I was at an event that, that um, I, I spoke at a few weeks ago, which was celebrating Afghan women. And there was such joy and humour um, and 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 you know hope in the room despite mm. that and I think you know hope will 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 always survive and when I think about some of the things that happened one of the the things that I highlighted in my debate was uh, you know the Asli I, I think it's the Asli Papas the names got out of my head but mm. basically where that is around communities helping themselves as opposed to accepting aid how do you and um, potentially help with a local economy that provides that support you know that there there are things happening. Um, and uh, and we should we should absolutely keep that hope. On that note, Wendy Chamberlain MP, thank you ever so much for uh, talking Afghanistan with me, and I'm really thank grateful. You. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rose.